new bakery featuring goods from a North Minneapolis entrepreneur was robbed just 24 hours after it opened. Hundreds turned out to welcome Latunji's pallets, only to be angered after the owner posted pictures on social media of three suspected burglars. WCCO's Reg Chapman has more. It was the community's day to celebrate a milestone for one of its own. That made me feel so loved. Um, the community showed up and showed out. Latunji Abram is known for her gluten-free peach cobbler. That cobbler and other creations are on display at Latunji's palette. Her prayers and hard work paying off. So you go from this high note of community support, community love, to somebody breaking in your place 24 hours after this time. 24 hours? <laughs> you got to laugh so you don't cry. Yes. You heard right, 24 hours after her soft opening, three people broke into the building in her cafe, taking what they could before walking out. And it's so sad. Now, this was really off code. To break into a black business. Now, think about this. Now, this is supposed to be. Now, Mr. Floyd was lynched not too long ago. Black folks supposed to be on code in Minneapolis, right? Not really sure who broke into it, but if it was either some dusty meth head race soldiers or some dusty demonic and ungrateful serial hood hitters, I have now put, and, and, here, and let me say something, anybody that's breaking into a black owned business and trying to destroy a black owned business that is a black person, if you do that, I have now put you in the coon class. Two years ago today, feels like it was yesterday. And what has changed? And see, I'm going to play some footage that the news had where they started asking people on the street, like, man, has anything really changed? No. We'll get into that in a minute. Because we talk about community and building community and building each other up and providing for each other. Abrams' efforts to help community turn into a business after a local pastor told her she was destined to sell her cobbler. Because I said, this is my hobby. I went to school together and we and that help is here, but they have to want to help themselves. Rich Chapman, CCL for News. Your producer stole your and I'm here buying new with my baby mama child support money. You see it, bitch. Monday, May 16th, the jewelry is here. Producer stolen. Now they're saying producer stolen jewelry. They're saying that Fred got his chain snacks. Apparently not. He he still has the jewelry. Produce the stolen. Produce the stolen jewelry that you say that you got, man. Here, here's the scuffle in Buffalo that we had. Now, now instead of instead of jumping on the race soldiers, Negroes in Buffalo, instead of jumping on the race soldiers at, at the market and basically scoping out and making sure that Buffalo was what was safe away from race soldiers, you know, um, apparently somebody decided to jump on Fred. I am the new champion. Look at that. Yeah. This guy jumped out of the window. And this is TMZ. It looked like Fred was holding his own. You had some some dude jump out of the window that might have been in security. But it's like, okay, if it's 20 guys on you, man, and you can't, if it's 20 dudes and you can't get one dude down and send his ass to the trauma center, that, that means y'all don't know what you're doing. It ain't supposed to be 20 on one. And, and his girl stood tall. That was the most gangster shit ever. She stood tall. She was trying to fight them niggas with him. 
So you didn't check, you didn't snatch his chain. He came to your city. He did a show, got lumped up, but still showed up and did his show. You know. It was a whole bunch of people. He was just sitting there having a good meal. What are you throwing? Now, we don't know who this was. We heard Gangsta Gibbs was in doing a show in Buffalo. Now, what we've been hearing, the very unfortunate news of, of him and the butcher having a few words, nothing major. But he said, hey, I'm going I'm to I'm pull up. I'm going to go to your city. And he did a show. So reports that I've heard is, the video that we saw we saw that later that that happened days before that happened days before but i had i just had to notice i said all right at this point right now that city it needs to have a patrol a race soldier patrol where black folks is basically paying attention to what's going on in the city of Buffalo, it needs to have a race soldier patrol. It needs to have the nigger police. It needs to be some Negro police. I want black folks to have the same energy when they want to jump on a black man, to have the same energy when a race soldier comes in to ambush us. I want the same energy or much more. probably another 20 minutes or so after I do my analysis I mean they 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 trying to give him the beats and it's not working y'all are supposed to be putting hands and feet on this dude and you can't do it it's not really working very well you lumped him up a little bit which means that he was giving y'all some hands and feet 20 on one Roy Jones Freddie Jones Then they took off like rats. Then they took off like rats. Bunch of cowards, a pack of cowardly lions. Y'all took off all rats. Y'all y'all jumped on Freddy, and then you took off like cowardly rats. Now, we don't know if this was Benny's crew. We can't say that. We don't know that. But why else would you just jump on this man in Buffalo? If he's sitting down there having a meal with his lady, and y'all jump on him, I'm quite sure that while he was sitting there, there was some words. So we didn't really see the inside of it, but yeah, we, 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 we don't know. We don't, we don't know what's, what, what happened here, but that, that, that's a major L that that's a major L for, 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 for Buffalo niggas. And I'm talking about from the, from the, from the gangster standpoint, y'all niggas taking a major L for that. Now, the Rico Suave case, I want to get into that a little bit because there's some new footage that I'm going to play in another 20, 30 minutes. Now people are hollering. I mean, it was a scuffle for a while. Poison. White supremacy is a poison. Now, out of all people, 94 crime bill Joe saying white supremacy is a poison. Really, Joe? It's a poison running through. It really is. 
running through our body politic, and it's been allowed to fester and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. We need to say as clearly and force as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. Now, you got some Negroes that have been running around talking about it doesn't exist. Well, the president says it does. He says the ideology exists. So he's acknowledging that it does exist. And his 94 crime bill is proof that it does, of course. And you got some Negroes that are still running around talking about, well, man, I don't want you to call it supreme. There ain't nobody more supreme over me. If somebody has control and they're able to dominate you, that means supreme. It doesn't mean you're inferior. It means supreme. If you were supreme, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to you'd be able to stop whatever they're trying to do to you. If I have a pie and I go to Baker Square, they have lemon meringue and then they have lemon supreme. Everyone knows that the lemon supreme tastes better than the lemon meringue. There's a reason why they call it lemon supreme because it is supreme. It is supreme over the lemon meringue. Anybody that's been to Baker Square, if you're from the Midwest, you know about Baker Square. The lemon supreme tastes better than the lemon meringue. Now, I'll eat a lemon meringue. Shout out to Simba Ali for my, for, my, for my shirt. I bought two shirts. We're going to be promoting his shirt in a minute here. The way I'm, I'm rocking my wave wear. Savio Far, Savio Fair. I'm going to post it in the chat here. I'm going to post it in the chat. Y'all make sure y'all go support that brother. They got some excellent shirts, excellent gear, cell phone gear, all kinds of stuff. Savio Fair. I'm wearing my blue shirt, the wave. None. The, 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 the ultimate question, Joe, is what are you going to do about it? See, people keep talking about what it is and all that. What are you going to do? Are you going to pass an executive order like you did for Asians? Give us an anti-black crime racism bill? We need to be in a protected class. As the 1866 Indian Treaty stated, we're supposed to be in a protected class, the freedmen of, of, of the United States. Look, fairly for us to not say that, fairly insane. That. He said, what? Joe, we, you know, Joe, Joe just not comprehending very well. It's going to be complicity. Silence is complicity. It's complicity. We cannot remain silent. Even back in the old days when we had real segregationists like Eastland and Thurman and all those guys. But at least we end up eating lunch together. More questions, but I tell you if you... Now... He said, even when we had segregationists like Strom Thurmond, now remember, Strom Thurmond, Judge Joe Brown was breaking that down. Strom Thurmond was a known grand dragon of the Klan. That was his boy. That was the one that pretty much put Joe on game. And he was a known segregationist. And he said, at least we got to sit at the table with him. See? There's no comparison to Donald, to Teflon Don and to Joe. Joe has a long and proven 
race soldier track record and also an anti-black track record for well over 40 years. Before Donald J. J even thought about politics, they always want to talk about the lesser of two evil. Well, the lesser of two evil is Donald. Joe has been in the game, putting a smackdown on foundational blacks since the 1980s. 1986 crime bill, 1994 crime bill. He was the one that was pushing the war on blacks. I mean, the war on drugs. Bernie signed it. Saxophone bill, Hillary, crooked, crooked Hillary Clinton. She was part of it. She was pushing it. Super predator, 94 crime bill. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. The Martin Luther King didn't get killed because of I had a dream. He had something else he was going to talk about, black empowerment, economic empowerment. That's Kanye breaking it down. He's, it's true. King was killed because King was telling Negroes, hey, next time we go into Washington, we getting our check. All this I have a dream shit ain't working. King was like, okay, foundational blacks, we need reparations. We need tangibles and we need a check. And that's what I want. And he was telling black folks, hey, man, we're going to take our money out these banks. We're going to have to start hurting this shit economically. Race soldiers fear economics and they fear riots. Well, economics is part of the riots. They fear riots and they fear loss of finance. That's what they fear. So they had to let they had to get rid of King because King was talking about reparations for foundational blacks. He was up there saying, "Hey, listen, we going to hurt their pockets and next time we go to Washington, we getting our check." See, when we were in school and we were in South High and Seward and all these places, they never ever played that 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 video of Dr. King talking about reparations because white liberals up here knew that that would be poisonous for foundational blacks. They said, "Well, you know, if we start giving these Negroes ideas on what they're really supposed to receive, then they're not going to look past all the illegal immigrants in the sanctuary cities and all the benign and neglect policies that they pass. Minnesota is one of the biggest benign neglect policies, one of the biggest anti-black states. As my pops always said, you have more law and order in the North, but you have more prejudice in the North than in the South. And black folks don't know this. That's what he said. And I was listening to a show that Tariq was talking about, and he was talking about where he he got caught down bad in Atlanta. It was a one of the broadcasts he did a few days ago where he was talking about he went, he was on his way to Atlanta and he was in some place called Anniston, Alabama, or somewhere. And it was like an it wasn't the kind of place you want to get caught in at night. And it was a kind of place where the gas stations had Confederate flags and everything. And, you know, he didn't have nowhere to go. It was picture, but it was dark. So he was talking about on how he had to, you know, he had to walk to the gas station with a gas tank. And he asked his white guy, hey, man, um, some redneck looking dude, some Confederate looking dude, Confederate flags everywhere. It was like, hey, man, I, I need some help. Can I pay you to, I'll buy some gas right now. Can you pay me? Can 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 I can I can I pay you to drop us off where our car broke down at? With the, you know, and the white dude said, "Hey, just take the keys." 
And he was kind of shook a minute, like, oh, this might be a trick. But he gave him the keys and said, all right, just go go to your car, put the gas in, and then bring my truck back. And that's what he did. He went, he took, the white guy gave him the keys. This red, this redneck gave him the keys. He jumped in his car, got his car, brought the man's truck back. And then on they went to Atlanta. Now, this is the kind of place where you would have thought you would have been strung up. And what he was what he was explaining was the same thing that my dad said. I, I say this every few episodes so people kind of get understanding between the north and the south and how many sundown towns were in the north as opposed to the south. He was talking about how he said them, a lot of them right wing conservative rednecks down there. Truth be told, they're a lot more helpful than a lot of these liberal northerners. He was talking about how the Karens, most of the Karens, they be calling 911 on black folks and stuff. Most of them are in the north in these so-called liberal states. So that kind of, you know, I was thinking about that story. That I kind of want to throw that in there. You see what I mean? So it's kind of interesting. Like when I went to Iowa, I went to Iowa to do some network uh, desegregation for a company called Cargill. And this was kind of after the time where I think when, you know, somebody helped me out in the chat. When was Mike Brown killed? Hold on. What year was that? Ferguson. Let me see. Okay. That was August 9th, 2014. All right. Okay. Okay. So I was a little, I was a little, no, it wasn't 2012. It was 2014. I think it was, I think Trayvon was killed in 2020, 2012, I think it was, but Mike Brown was killed in 2014. So look, so what people don't know about Ferguson is Ferguson is the county. I had a homie from St. Louis and he told me there's a difference between St. Louis and the, and the county of St. Louis, St. Louis County in Missouri. He told me, he said, man, St. Louis is bad. He said, but when you get out there in them sticks, man, you better watch it. And Ferguson, it's a little ways. I think it's like 20 miles away from, from St. Louis. So he, but he told me, he said, man, out there, Ferguson's always had a problem with a lot of racial shit, especially out there in Ferguson. Like they, they'll pull blacks up, black folks over and throw them in jail for parking tickets and little bullshit like that. So, I mean, for the most part, I had to go, I flew into a, a, a city called Columbia, beautiful city very kind of rural like when you when you fly down into the airport you kind of feel like you a damn politician because it's one of them airports is small and you know they got they like you don't go through like one of the little uh what do they call those things when you're walking through the airport the little i forgot that i ain't been on a plane so long i can't remember but you don't the, the skyway you don't go through that little skyway thing what you do is you get sit there and um i don't know if pizza's done hold on what you do is uh is you you go they they got like a stairway that they bring up to you so you you feel kind of presidential when you're walking down that bitch and when you're walking when you're going through the airport it's like a little it's really small it's a real small airport and, and the airport's not like in the city. It's kind of like out in the country. So it'd be possums and shit running around all that. So I had to go to, I had to book um, a hotel 
And then once I booked my hotel, because I was going to fly back out that, that same night, but I was going to book my hotel. And then I had to drive out to some way, some redneck place way in the middle of nowhere, like 60, 60 miles away or some shit like that. So I was a little nervous, like, you know, especially after the Mike Brown shit, I'm in Missouri of all places. And I'm like, I don't know, man. So I get out there and it's just the fucking opposite. Now, Missouri is, it's Midwest, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of Southern. Like some, some folks consider themselves country. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. You know, I mean, it's right. It was, you gotta think the Missouri compromise. I mean, it was right. Missouri was a slave state. So, you know, they consider some of those folks consider themselves Southern. Okay. But it was just the opposite. When I got out there to that little redneck town, I thought it was going to be a major issue. The first thing to fuck me up is before I got out to the town, it was some little Texas chainsaw massacre looking homes and shit. When I was kind of leaving Columbia and kind of just kind of going out the city a little bit. And there was a store. I stopped to get some snacks and they were selling liquor at the damn store. I couldn't believe the shit. I said, they sell liquor at the gas station. And I, you know, I said, I might have to come back and get some of that. And they were looking at me like, yeah, we sell liquor at the uh, gas station. It, it really fucked me up. So then what I decided to do, we'll, we'll get back to the audio real soon. What I did was I drove out to the city. I drove out to the town. Um, I had to tether my my um my phone in order for them to desegregate the network once they cut the WAN wide area network um I went on my merry way now I thought that I was gonna go down there I thought I'd be somewhere in some little sundown town or some shit like that and them folks showed me the most up respect now here's the flip side when I went to Iowa I flew into Des Moines the airport just felt dead felt real Iowa was different. Now, Iowa's in the Midwest. That's the North. Man, Iowa, when I got out there to that plant to work on those, uh, that, 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 uh, with the, with the network engineers, when I, right when I walked into the plant, the attitude was kind of like, nigga, hurry up and get the fuck out of here. Do what you need to do and take your black ass out of here. That, that, that was the attitude. North and South. Now, you would have thought, now think about this. You would have thought that with all the little stories that we done heard when we was kids, that I would go to Iowa and would be better, right? No, Missouri. My experience in Missouri, in in a, in a more southern place, was a better experience. It was a warmer experience as opposed to the north. So, just thought I would point that out. You know, when I did the Forbes and I showed them an eight hundred ninety million dollar receipt, and they still didn't say billionaire. They don't want us to know that we can buy land they don't want us to have the 100 ownership that I, I have 100 ownership at yeezy and the reason why i say these things out loud in this way is so i won't be killed i i said it out loud already this is what but last you don't know what it take to change black folks condition it's more pain I know that doesn't seem like it makes any sense by my saying that to you, but we need more pain. That's it. That's the long and short of it. Because I found out a long time ago, you know, as a doctor in the medical, medical field, one of the things that would drive a person to a doctor's office 
is that he can have a he can have a, a sore foot, a sore leg, or a sore eye, anything he wants to. But as long as he can tolerate that pain, he he will not go to a medical practitioner that has any expertise and knowledge about how to resolve his problem. Yeah, they, he was he was he was sitting down. Well, I just put some. I bathe in my foot tonight, and I I put I put a rag on my head tomorrow. Maybe that'll be okay. And I'll take some aspirin. But once that pain becomes so acute, <laughs> doctor, that so good, he can't stand the pain anymore. You know what he'll do? He'll take his butt to the doctor. Then you see, in other words, that leg started where he can't walk anymore, and the legs start turning purple, and gangrene sets in. Then he'll go to the doctor. But until that leg becomes so severe and acute in the pain. He's going to continue to tolerate it. Right now, black folk are tolerating pain, tolerating pain to the foremost because it's still not enough pain. Even after four, after 365 years of slavery, 150 years of, of semi-slavery, and another 60 years of benign neglect, black folks still need some more pain. You don't know what it takes to change black folks' condition. It's more pain. It's going down, it's going to fall. And when white folks get cold, these black folks are gonna catch pneumonia. They have no grocery stores. Find out how many got got, got supermarkets in them. No, it, it was corn everywhere. And see, the, the, man, listen. When I got down there, I don't know, man. Iowa, just, I don't know. It just don't seem like. I mean, there's a lot of black folks in Des Moines. Don't get me wrong. I had an uncle stayed in Des Moines, and you know, Des Moines is uh, especially like Waterloo and shit like that. But man, I. I flew, I flew into the, I mean, the airport was just like dead. It felt like the graveyard. I said, oh man, I don't even want no food out of here. So there was some little place. I can't remember where it was like maybe 60 miles out, 60, 70 miles out. When I flew in, I didn't even stay overnight in Iowa. I didn't even want to stay, do nothing. Like when I flew in, I went to some town. I forgot what town it was. I don't remember what the town was. But I I don't know. I guess when I seen what town it was, I said, man, I got to let some black folks know where I'm at. So I just went to Subway and got got a 12-inch cold cut, <laughs> cold cut with extra fixings. And I told the, 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 the nearest black person I knew, I said, I'm going out to this town to do some uh, work with some network engineers. And they were looking at me like, nigga, why are you going way out there? Because I told them where it was at. And they said, what the fuck are you doing way out there? I said, man, I got to work. I gotta go do some work with Cargill and shit. I said, just in case something happened to you, me, y'all know. And like, oh, okay. So I go out there, I eat my sandwich, I take it, and I drive out there, and I, I swear, just, just corn, just corn, just corn and corn. I mean, Jimmy Crack fucking corn, dude. It was nothing but corn. I said, I'm gonna die looking at this corn. And I thought to myself, I mean, there was literally nothing but corn for sixty damn miles straight. Nothing but corn. I said, okay, if I get, if I, if something happened to my car, there's literally nobody out here. No, nobody. So I finally get to the plant. It's some sloppy white lady that looks like Roseanne. It was flies all over the damn place. I mean, and then I, you know, I met some dude. He was the IT guy. So he led me in the back. They're very, 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 very uncordial. Nothing like Missouri at all. And, um, you know, I walked back there and I finally got, you know, uh, I finally separated to uh, work with the network engineer to because what it was is they were selling up. They were selling a big depart. I could talk about it now, but they were selling like a big piece of their pork um, company to another company. So they had to deset what they call it is desegregate the network. So they had to modify the network. So I was working with the network engineers, pretty much cutting over their network. Billion dollar project. So 
it only took 15 minutes once you get there. Tether, because there's no internet, because an internet cuts down, got to tether uh, your cell phone so you get internet access and create a hotspot and then open up Putty, let the network engineers remote in. I had this little device and shit like that. And I mean, it, you know, it was pretty simple. I didn't have to do much. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I've been I've been doing IT for a minute. So so I did that shit and I got up out of there, man. I got about, I ain't even still, look, I went straight, listen, I went straight back. I had an aunt that was staying in Des Moines too. I called her and let her know, like, I'm coming down, but ain't nobody called me back. But I, I, yeah, I got up out of there. I flew, soon as I left that, soon as I left Cargill and I, and I drove back into, I drove around Des Moines a little bit, just a little bit. I drove around, you know, Des Moines a little bit and it, it, it looks like the kind of town where, if you were coming through, like if you was a, a drug dealer or some shit and you just came through there and you ain't know nobody and you just came and kind of took the city over some shit, they look like they make an example out of your ass. Like it, it looked like ain't really too much going on. You know, I mean, if I probably still would have been, if I would have been younger or maybe in the club or something like that, or I, I, I might have, you know, I might have kind of hung out and just kind of yeah yeah man <laughs> he's i want to pick on you now now man that that it, it was it, it was a different experience it was cool no but look if you ever go to columbia there's these there's there's a hotel called i think it's like a holiday inn hotel or something but it's a steakhouse and it's these old guys when i when i finally got into columbia um when i when i came back from the redneck town i drove in I got some gas. I think I bought me a little bottle of liquor or some shit for like the plane ride or something. But I wanted, you know, I seen a, there was a steakhouse. So there's this little steakhouse. It was this little steakhouse. All right. And when you walk in, you see all these pictures. And it, it, it was these two Italian dudes. And they was arguing. They was these old school Italian cats. And they was just arguing. Oh, Who's better, Floyd Mayweather and Mike Tyson? And they had pictures out of everywhere. If you go ever go to Columbia, go to this damn steakhouse. Man, they gave me the biggest fucking steak, dude, for like $15. And I and I distinctly remember this place because I don't know if it was one of their grand one of their granddaughters or some, you know what I'm saying? But it was this badass, it was this badass biracial chick. She looked bad as a motherfucker. She looked cold. Because I remember she was in there. And I think she, I think she was uh was one of the servers or something. It might have been one of the, but you could tell these these dudes was kind of connected. Like they knew somebody. Like they had pictures of Mike Tyson. They had pictures of everybody. They were sitting there for like thirty minutes while they was cooking my steak, and they were arguing about the shit. And they was like, uh, and I was in there, and they were, like, hey kid, you you're not from around here, or whatever. And so I could tell they were some Italian dudes. They weren't from Missouri. They looked like they was from New York and they was in the mob at one point in time and they just said, let me go somewhere low key. That's what it kind of felt like. But it made you feel like family. It made you feel like home. Hey, you want an extra baked potato? Where you from, kid? You know, kind of like that. You know, so it, it, no, it was cool, man. I, I mean, and Columbia down there, from what I understand, they treat their college games like um, NBA stars. Like they got, they, their whole thing is college football or college ball. You know how we look at uh the Timberwolves up here, or you know, I mean maybe I don't I don't know I don't know if they was in witness protection. They, I don't know. I mean they like I said they wasn't hiding. They it wasn't like they was way in the in the sticks hiding. 
You know what I'm saying? Ken Kaufman, what's happening? We're going to continue the audio. We're going to bring Philly Z in soon. Major supermarkets to feed their people. They don't even have, you only got two black hospitals in the entire United States. One in, in, in Washington, D.C. and one in Harlem. You don't even have, you don't even have a medical facility to go to anymore. You go into any Hispanic community, you can always see medical centers where they can go get little small stuff done. Most of the people that are in medicine now, either Indians or, uh, or, 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 or Koreans, you don't have any black, most of your black doctors are gone. Dr. Watkins, I don't, they don't, they don't, they can't produce water, food, vegetables. They don't have any, I don't know where they're gonna go. Both of uh, my last word. Two, uh, they can get involved in the, in the and as a matter of fact, uh, in the, in 1789, they defined it for black folks, saying black folks shall be uh, a subordinated group of people, and they be a labor class, three, valued as three fifths of a human being, to be to bring forth comfort enrichment for the white society. That's basically what it was saying, and they used the United States Constitution as the first affirmative action plan in the country to maldistribute almost 100% of all this nation's land, minerals, rights, businesses, uh, uh, income, privileges, and rights into the hands and controls of government into the hands of the dominant white society. Now, once they did that in 1789, the following year, they set up what's called the immigration laws and says, now we can bring in anybody in this country, Dr. Watkins, who can pass for whites, allow them to have all these benefits and privileges and rights and wealth holding and unearned income that we're gonna deny black folks. That was in the 1790 uh, immigration policy. And once they set that social construct into place, then they say, well, how do we make sure this thing stays intact? So then they set up, they set up the Supreme, United States Supreme Court. And the United States Supreme Court came into existence to maintain the whole purpose and intent and the goals and accomplishments that will occur as a direct re result of slavery. That is the primary purpose of the United States Supreme Court then, at that point. AR-15 assault rifle. Police say that's where he killed 19 children. Now, all right. This guy that I'm hearing, they say this little Hispanic race soldier was, they say he was poor. I heard the news, some of the articles say he was poor. And I'm like, okay, how did you get these AR-15s in this body armor? How, how did you get this? I'm talking about the guy that killed those children in Texas. Then I'm hearing something that just came in that they said the cops in Uval stood outside the massacre when the massacre was happening because they were too scared to go in. Onlookers urged police to charge into Texas elementary school soon after the shooting began. I'm like, wait a minute. Y'all were supposed to go in there. If law enforcement was outside, instead of being cowardly lions, they should have went inside. I don't understand that. Frustrated onlookers urge police officers to charge in. I'll be damned. Associated Press. Onlookers urge police officers to charge into the Texas elementary school where a gunman's rampage killed 19 children, two teachers, a witness said Wednesday, as investigators worked to track the massacre that lasted upwards of 40 minutes and ended when the 18-year-old shooter was killed by a Border Patrol team. Really? Really? I'm going to say something that's not going to be popular in a minute. But that's crazy. So the punk-ass police was out there standing around. 
Man, if me and my homies would have heard some shit like that going down in the school and we got our pipes, we could go up in that bitch. The police don't want to go in there. We'll go up in there and handle that shit. That's cowardice. Y'all got bulletproof vests. Y'all got all types of shit. What do you mean onlookers saw the police and urged them to go inside? You the police. You swore an oath. You swore to uphold the Constitution. You were supposed to go inside. And two teachers. The shooter was able to make entry into a classroom, barricaded himself, and at that point, it just started shooting children and teachers that were inside that classroom, having no regard for human life, just a complete tragedy. After confronting and killing the shooter, police went to his home and found his grandmother clinging to life. Really? So after you killed the shooter, then you went over to, to, to his home? You didn't rush in beforehand. You were you had people on looking. Really? Neighbor says the shooter moved in with his grandparents because of troubles at home and describe him as quiet and hard to talk to. His motive unknown. As the FBI went door to door. Motive unknown. That doesn't make sense. That does not make any sense whatsoever. Motive is unknown. Where did he get the weapons? How did he pay for them? Before speaking to neighbors, investigators revealed the suspect had legally purchased two rifles soon after turning 18. There has been no criminal history identified yet. He may have had a juvenile record, but that is yet to be determined. There was no known mental health history. After an agonizing wait for So all of a sudden y'all don't know anything. Now, when it comes to black folks, y'all could pull up all types of information. That's how I knew he was a white, white Hispanic. I knew that he wasn't a black person because they would have had his name. They would have said his mama's on crack. They would have said his father's a deadbeat. Whatever any information they would have used as a stereotype, they would have had tons of information. See, at first, they wasn't giving out that information right off the bat. We had to search for that. I had to find it. I had to send it to my homies. I had to ask people, hey, man, who is this dude? What did he do? And he primarily killed Hispanic kids. And I thought it was very interesting. Somebody found out. It was some brothers that found out that one of the one of the little uh, children that got killed, one of their dads was a big fan of Rittenhouse. I hate to say it. He was a huge fan. He thought what Rittenhouse did was great. He thought that he could play the coon, he could ride the coon train. He thought that he could side with the race soldiers. And now, guess what? The root, the, the chickens have roosted at his own home. Very sad, very unfortunate. He thought that, hey, I can co-sign a massacre. That's what Rittenhouse was doing. He was he was actually out there for a massacre. That's what he was there for. He wasn't supposed to have that AR-15. It was a straw purchase. And and remember, court precedent says that as an 18-year-old, you can straw buy. That's what the precedent says, right? The law says that you can be 18 in in, in Wisconsin and you you can buy an illegally obtained firearm and shoot two people dead and say that they're not victims. That's the precedent, right? Is that the precedence we're setting here? You could pick your own jury. So now you got this little Mexican dude. He goes out there and kills a bunch of Mexican kids. And one of the children, one of their fathers, was a supporter of Rittenhouse. So does he support this? See? See how that works? 
they think that they're going to, well, black folks are going to be the ones that's getting hit and we ain't going to get no shrapnel. No, it don't work that way. See, when you approve of injustice and with black folks being the measuring stick of injustice, you're going to get hit too. Stop is a critical element to the overall RSOF mission. RSOF's main mission being unconventional warfare. It's very hard to have a resistance movement without that uh, propaganda call coming out and, and recruiting that G-Force to come in and, and train with you. Uh, so it's, it's the critical first step uh, in information warfare before you get to any type of decisive action. And we're seeing the same thing in, in multi-domain operations and near-peer threats that information warfare comes first before actual warfare. The United States Army Special Operations Command, or USASOC, is among the most diverse organizations in the U.S. military. In this situation, the newly formed CIA allocated $25 million for psychiatric experiments on human beings. It was the most secret program ever conducted by the CIA in the United States. Patients at psychiatric hospitals, prisoners in federal institutions. I know. I know progress can be slow and frustrating. And there is a concern that the reckoning on race inspired two years ago is beginning to fade. Now, this is Joe again talking about the police reform bill he passed. Nothing to punish police that, that when they ambush blacks, but he's giving them money. But acting today, we're showing that our dear friend, the late John Lewis, Congressman, Oh, wrote in his final words after his final word john lewis the same nigga that never never fought for reparations that would be buck dancing some nigga that could barely talk that's who they that, that's what they try to say these are our leaders no he is not his final march for justice in july of 2020 he said democracy is not a state it is an act democracy is not a state it's an act an affirmative act today we're acting I want to let record to reflect that he was the one that sent that tweet. John Lewis was the one that sent the tweet that was telling our children, you should get your ass whipped by the police and thank them. He says, I got my ass whooped on that bridge on Selma. He got his ass whooped on the bridge in Selma. And he says, I didn't hate the police. I thanked them for their service. So really what you're saying to the youth is you should get your ass whooped and you should thank them for the service if they whoop your ass i'm not bullshitting i swear to god that nigga really said that shit he really said that shit and the only people that could really take anything constructive out of that is plantation niggas bed winches and negroes that don't mind being abused those are the only people that could take anything like that from it there's not a revolutionary spirit in that in the bones of those words whatsoever be abused and thank your abusers that's the message and that's why they paid niggas like that they were like uh the bl bells you know what i'm saying they, they, they were like them kind of guys we're showing that speaking out matters being engaged matters and that the work of our time, healing the soul of this nation. Community, how they're doing as they We ask people around the community how they're doing as they reflect on these two years. Rex oh, Chapman shares their thoughts. Be honest with you, no, I haven't seen a whole lot of change. Two years after George Floyd. No changes. 
Not a damn change. It was murdered. Many still struggle with all that has happened or has not happened since he took his last breath. I think some things have gotten more enlightened. There's been there's been an awakening in some things, and some things have stayed the same. We as individuals have to do more as far as the political uh, aspect of how we uh, how we uh, interact with the. Um, with the system. And I want to see real change happening. I would love to see real reparations happen uh, for for people of color, especially black folks in this. Now, this was the Indian lady that was saying she said she wants to see real change, real reparations for people of color, especially black folks. Eh, I'll give her credit where credit is due. You know, the whole people of color thing. No people of color don't need no the reparations. No, the descendants of slaves that built this country deserve reparations. It was in the Constitution when it was written. We were supposed to receive reparations. We were the only people that was written in the Constitution. We were we are supposed to receive reparations. It was promised to us by this government. But I'll take her words in good faith. But you got now. You you don't really hear that a lot up here in Minnesota because a, a lot of folks up here is not really they're not really looking there. See, a lot of Negroes here feel like, well, Sanctuary city, you know, immigrants deserve the same reparations as foundational blacks. No, because they weren't here. If you ain't been here since the 1870 census, no, the reparations, you don't get reparations. And you definitely, people of color definitely don't get no damn reparations. No, you don't. People of color don't get reparations. Black folks get reparations. I'd rather see immigrant black folks get reparations along with foundational blacks from here before I would get, before I'd rather see other pe people of color. No, y'all don't get no reparations. Remember, you get sanctuary cities. You get the buffer class treatment and you get benefits and tangibles. Black folks could not immigrate to Mexico or other places and just get all types of free unearned benefits. We couldn't get nothing like that. They'd stop us at the track. You down there, uh, when the Haitians was trying to come through, they wouldn't let them in. So no, reparations, special order number 15 is specifically for the freedmen, the descendants of the slaves that built the country. General Sherman, the radical Republicans promised us 40 acres and a mule, and I want my damn 40 acres. And see, they don't want they don't want American foundational blacks here, their descendants, to get no reparations. The reason why they don't want us to get no reparations is they know once we get our reparations, we're the powerhouse of the world. They know once we get our reparations, then we going straight over to Africa and say, all right, what you owe them? That's 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 the next plan. Once we get our reparations, we going over there. All right. What do you owe Eritrea? Germany. You had the Sharks concentration camp. Germany cut the check. You owe uh, Namibia reparations. Portugal, Spain, all those places. You owe Africa reparations. Australia, you owe the Aboriginals their reparations. All y'all motherfuckers owe us reparations. You owe us reparations for what you, what you did. And see, that's they don't want the United States as a world power. So they're like, okay, foundational blacks built the country. We've taken you from your 6% of, 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 of West African black folks 
it, it, it wasn't as many as people think. 6% came over here, were taken over here on the slave boats. There was already a re Aboriginal black folks over here, but 6% came over on the slave boats. You stripped us of our native tongue and our native land, and you pretty much re-engineered and created a completely new nigga. Black folks here that were broke, that, that were taken from the motherland had no, no connection to Africa whatsoever. They took us from our native tongue completely. And once you once you did that, they said, okay, we gonna re-engineer the American nigga, the foundational nigga, which built the country. And like I always talk about with the Adams Onus Treaty and all that, there was a lot of different treaties where foundational blacks and Seminoles and Maroons and all kinds of stuff like that. They were supposed to get specific tangible. Spain promised us 160 acres apiece. You see what I'm saying? When they sold Spain to Florida, Florida didn't abide by it. Shout out to Andrew Jackson. So they don't want us, they don't want black folks here in America to get no reparations because they know as soon as we get our reparations, we're going to go overseas and be like, no, pay everybody else, cut the damn check. The Caribbean, cut the check. All of them places in South America too. Although time has passed, healing is still in progress. Rage and, you know, just absolute rage and uh, just this feeling that this is not right. We, we, and we as a community have to do something about it. Rage and... Although time has passed, healing is still in progress. Rage and change happening. I would love to see real reparations happen. Uh, for and I want to see real change happening. I would love to see real reparations happen uh, for, for people of color, especially black folks in this country. Although time has passed, healing is still in progress. Rage and, you know, just absolute rage and uh, just this feeling that this is not right. We, we, and we as a community have to do something about it. It's not done just because the flames are out. You know, the pain is surreal. A collective pain that is being addressed with places of healing and conversation designed to make us. And as I said, I told you, I said, when the smoke clears, black folks are going to be left in shambles in Minneapolis. When that 30 million gets cut and the nonprofits and all the white liberal liberals and got all kinds of money, Black Lives Matter organization. They done cleaned it up because a lot of the, them, them two sisters that 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 were the that were they said that were the founders, they're straw buyers. They're kind of like they're kind of like the situation with Rittenhouse and Dominique Cooper. Dominique Cooper bought Rittenhouse the pipe. But who picked the jury? I'm opening up the phone lines in a minute here. Who who picked the jury? Mr. Solomon always asked that question. He says, who picks the jury? That man got to pick his own damn jury. Black Lives Matter organization is pretty much just a democratic organization. They put two Negroes in the forefront. Say they're fighting for black men, giving them a couple million dollars, but they didn't get all the money. Where's the rest of the money? They keep talking about 90 million. All right, them, them bitches bought a damn mansion and some other shit, but where's the rest of them 70 million dollars? Some liberals, some white liberals got the money. So as much as when I think about it, as much as we beat up on the sisters that did it, I mean, they got paid for their cooning. So, yeah, we got to hold them to account. But where's the rest of the money? This whole act blue thing. Do you remember when Crime Kuala and Joe was talking about, well, Donald don't want to turn turn over this. And because, you know, Donald didn't want to lead office. He felt cheated. 
<laughs> he he was going out like a bully. He, he came out like a gangster. Like man, fuck that man. Y'all stole the election from me. I ain't I ain't leaving the White House. And he finally left. He didn't even show up at the inauguration. I don't think. I mean, he was just completely just disgruntled. And remember when they were talking about what well, a transition is going to cost this much and it's going to cost that much. What happened to all those donors and those millions of dollars that was given to Act Blue and all these little democratic organizations? What happened to the money when they were supposed to use it for the transition of one administration to the next? Did everybody get their money back? That's my question. Did everyone get their money back? Oh, do better. I hope that people at home take a time to breathe at least nine, you know, those nine minutes and uh, 26 seconds, just literally take the time to breathe and think about George Floyd and reflect on what we need to do and how we can all actually shift this, shift this space so that we can all leave a better world for our children. Rich Chapman, WCCO, for News. They came running back out to go get the lock cutters. And that's when we, hey, what's going on? We thought that he had locked the door. Mm -hmm. But later on, we found out that he had her handcuffed and chained. An abducted woman is found chained inside a vacant West Pullman home. Fox 32's Nate Rogers spoke with the man who helped rescue her, and Nate joins us now, live. Nate? Yeah, that's right, guys. Anton Dobine just happened to be in the right place at the right time before notifying police of screams coming from a building that he had just been walking by. West Pullman residents now hoping this case will bring awareness about the delay. Now, now, West Pullman, that's a neighborhood in Chicago. They said you know, it's 93% black, about maybe 26, 30,000 people. South, south side of Chicago is big as hell. Um, they found a sister kind of like caged up. You know what I'm saying? And um, they said, damn, my man just got shot and killed in his home just a little bit ago. But they found a sister... Uh, they they found this sister. Um, she was chained up. She was handcuffed. Um, the guy she knew, so I think she had been raped. And it looks like the West Pullman area. It looks like it's in the Wild Hunters. Yeah, it's in the Hunters. So it's not. Yeah, it, it's 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 not it's not by Inglewood. Damn, Chicago's big as hell. Holy shit. Yeah, so to so the West Pullman area. Yeah, it's, it's in the Wild Hunters. It's in the Hunters. Um, yeah, man, I mean, shit. Jesus, this is a big-ass place. I'm just looking at Google Maps, all right? So let's, get, let's continue. Lapidated and vacant properties citywide. She's handcuffed oh and chained to a wall. Saturday afternoon, Anton Dobine was walking in the Pullman neighborhood when he heard screams originating from this home along 119th and Eggleston. As I got closer, I heard help. I said, hey, who is that? Bam, 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 help. That's when I called the police. Once police arrived, they located a 36-year-old female in an upstairs bedroom who had been reportedly chained and handcuffed for at least four to five days. The woman told police she was abducted and raped by a man she previously knew. What if that's a little girl in there? A little, little girl. What if there's multiple little girls in there? You can go from Halstead, 
from Halsted to Michigan, from Michigan down the hill past Indiana, south side. Half a dozen homes on the block lay abandoned, many lawns overgrown with weeds, large... Haley Cox was helping film a rap video with her boyfriend. A short time later, she would be dead. So now that was something in Florida going on real quick. Now I got some other, now this is something in Evanston middle school, not too I think maybe about a year and a half ago, I did a broadcast talking about some black kids in Chicago that was being mistreated by the stoop, but by the, by the teachers. But now this, now see, now they're attacking our children. That's why when they be talking about, oh, well, we need to come out, vote for the Dems. We need to vote at all. No, hell no. Our kids are being targeted in every step of the imagination now this was on fox 32 news in chicago in evanston illinois nooses found outside in evanston middle school black children get no respect it says a week after nooses were found outside in evanston middle school community members want to know what's being done to find out who is responsible for hanging them the group xcom for community and social change demonstrated outside the haven middle school as children were arriving for class on monday so the school superintendent devon horton called the may 13th incident a hate crime and promised that the district and community uh will continue to fight racism now here you have they passed an asian crime bill Ain't nobody hanging no nooses in front. No one's hanging nooses outside an Asian school. That ain't happening to them. Ain't nobody hanging no nooses. So let me see what else. It says the son of a protester, sixth grader, Duma Edwards, and her older sister says she wished more people would speak up. This is very vague. Very, very vague. They're not really saying much about it. Now, these are children. All right. Evanston, Illinois. Where's Evanston, Illinois? Okay, that looks like that's north of Chicago. It's a college town suburb. It's in Cook County. It's 12 miles north of downtown Chicago. Yeah, we know what that noose means. We know exactly what that noose means. All right, that's about enough. Welcome to the Bagland Podcast. Opening the lines here. My man Phil could call up. I got some more footage that I want to play on the Rico Suave. All right, let's see if we got him online. All right, he's on speaker. What's what's the word? Think I can hear him. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Hold on. TP man 45 in the chat. What's going on? We got another person here. Let me try it without my headphones. Okay, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, it sounds a little better. 
Yeah, man, and just <clears throat> hearing about Young Thug and Gunna and these Ricos. Now, I've heard there's some, there's some, yeah, first time here. What's up, GP, man? Now, the Rico Suave, state charges. I've been hearing some new updates where now what they're saying is, is that they're using their lyrics to say, well, they said that they have snipers following them. That that's what they're doing now is they're using their lyrics to say they so so this prosecutor is basically saying I mean they're really trying to nail him. He's they're basically they're not showing all the evidence they got. They're just talking about the indictment, but they're not showing all of the evidence. Okay, and what they're saying is that they were driving and that they had snipers behind them. That's what they're trying to use their lyrics, saying that okay you had a car behind you. Now, if I had that kind of money, I ain't riding by myself anyway. But they're riding around Atlanta. They found an AK-47 and a bunch of other stuff in their car. Because that's probably what they need to have when they're riding around there with that kind of money. But anyway, um, this I'm going to play some audio and, and tell me where you think this is going. In DeKalb County, in as count 20 or 22. I can't do that because we don't have venue under the Georgia Constitution. I do under RICO. So it is in Rico. Judge, he is in, in, indicted, if you will, in count one with Mr. Williams for... All right, no, who's Mr. Williams? Who, who, who is that? That's Young Thug, Jeffrey Williams. Okay, so he said he's indicted with Mr. Williams. Okay, let, let, I'll keep, keep it going. That's got it. stolen weapon, and I believe it's four counts of different drugs for possession with intent. And that is a pending case out of DeKalb County that they are on bond for. Okay. As to the predicates or the overts, he has four predicates and those encompass that case in DeKalb. The other event Mr. Sadow spoke of, Judge, um, in this, in Mr. Sadow referenced that, that uh, Mr. Kitchens is a rap star. Uh, I believe Mr. Williams is as well. In the songs they sing, uh, they talk about being followed in their gang persona by snipers. They're always followed by snipers. I believe it was Brookhaven Police Department, Your Honor, made a traffic stop. Two cars right next to each other, one in tow, were stopped in Brookhaven, DeKalb County, uh, doing approximately 25 miles an hour over the speed limit. Uh, Mr. Williams and Mr. Kitchens were in the first car. Um, I do not believe, to my memory, that there were weapons in that car. In the next car was an AK-47 fully loaded. There were other weapons. There were four members. There were four members in that car, all stating they worked for Mr. Williams, and they were all heavily armed. They were arrested for those weapons, Judge. Now. Judge, Mr. Kitchens is not just an associate of YSA. He is actually... So who, who's who's Mr. Kitchens? Is that Gunner? That's Gunner, Sergio Kitchens. Now, now watch how he paints him as like the capo. They're going to paint him as the capo. They're going to try to say, hey, man, he, he's not the leader, but he's a second in charge. Watch this. Command structure. He is one of the, the bosses. Now... He is not the boss. Uh, our belief and our evidence will post that Mr. Williams is the boss uh, of YSL. But Mr. Kitchens is in a command position, Judge. 
So not only is he involved in crimes in another county, he's actually involved with the, the leader of YSL. Judge, he is in videos basically stating that uh, they have 10 hundred round choppers talking about weapons, talking about messing with them, you're going to die. Um, they have a, I, I actually enjoyed this one, uh, it was a video released on or about 12, 18, 20, where uh, they said, just screw it, uh, take it to trial. I believe they even have a choice word in that one for the judge. Judge, he is a an associate. Now, now you, you see how they pulled, how he pulled it? He said, I actually like this one. Did you, did you notice that? Yeah, well, Young Thug and Gunner did that to themselves. That's a prosecutor. He's a snitch. That's his job. Hey, that man's yeah. doing his job. He's doing it, at, and he's doing it in a very smart way. He's letting the judge know this guy, these guys don't respect nothing because you got to look at it. Gunner is a, got the second most money in YSL. Yeah. yeah. It means you second in command. So you got to think about it. The chain of command is going to be who has the money. Number one is Young Thug with the most money. Second is Gunner. And then it goes down from there. And so what basically, they're gonna do, we fund the Rico. Like, Nagana is in the 6-9 role, as I put it. 6-9 was locked up, so he would tell on Treyway. That's the only reason Gunna's locked up. They're gonna they, they already told Gunna you're 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 locked up, no bail, no bond until your trial, which is in January. His ass hmm. is gonna sit in until January, be pissed off about why he got involved in this, and he's gonna tell them motherfuckers everything they need to know. And Young Thug's ass is done. Wow. Gunner will probably get time served because you got to think about it. Gunner ain't order no hit. Gunner ain't shot nobody. Gunner ain't order. You know what I mean? So his thing is just going to be t right when it comes to that trial around January, around November, they're going to come to Gunner and they're going to say, tell us what you know. Because Thug's, Thug's going to, his, his argument is I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's his his whole, he's going to go down, I don't know what you're talking about, but did you hear that, what that prosecutor said? Them guys that they caught in the car with the guns, they already snitched. Yeah, they, they, they told. You heard that. The man already said they snitched. Those guys already told it. They got, they got so much evidence on Young Thug, they'll come at Young Thug and say, take this 20 piece so we don't got to go to trial. That's the best thing. That that's the best deal he's gonna get. It's not gonna get any better than that. And he better take the, yeah. take, take the dub and be out in about fifteen. The that's the best. That is, that's the best he's gonna do. And keep put some money on your books. The problem with that is, is nobody is gonna tell him the truth. That lawyer is not gonna say that because that lawyer wants the money. That lawyer is gonna tell him we can beat it. Fuck that. This and that. Da 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 da. -da, -da. Bleed all his money dry. I'm going to take the, like you said, I'm going to take the first deal they offer me, but they're not going to offer him anything right now. He's going to rot. Sit, sit for a while. You was a kingpin talking about you guys, you guys is getting soft. You ain't beat nobody up or killed nobody lately. Stupid. Now, what about the other guys? What, 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 what is, what, what is the, 
what is the maximum sentences for all the other guys that they're trying to give? Because we got we these these cases, man. Because here's the thing. I don't think they're going to, I don't, I think it's going to be more than a 20 piece. I think this is really severe. I mean, you got to think what kind of resources they're putting, man. They're putting all kinds of pieces of law enforcement and, and I mean, look at the investigation. They've been looking at these guys since 2013. They're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars, man, on this shit. There's no way that he's going to get less than 20. There's no way he's going to get less than 40 years. That's conspiracy to murder in the state of Georgia, man. How many, how many, how many actual bodies have, have, how many bodies are there that he's, that he's accused of? That's the main thing. The bodies. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, they, they're, see, they're being very vague. They're not telling much. They, they might spring up and, cause you got to think. You might have one of the one of the hitters that might just jump up and be like, "Hey, man, give me five years. I know there about five bodies." That. You got to think out of all them twenty eight guys that are locked up. You got to think Doug is gonna have to somehow pay for all their attorneys, take care of all their families while they're locked up. If not, one of them is gonna talk. They're gonna say, "Young Thug got millions of dollars worth of attorneys." What you going? It's just a bad, bad situation for that kid. His best bet is to do that. Is is to maybe? But you know what? Here's the thing. He's got to worry about two things. One thing is like you said, they might come at him like, "We're gonna make an example out of you." Because that DA out there, she's looking for Kamala Harris' spot. She's seen Kamala Harris is slipping. Yeah. So yeah. the one thing she's going to do is she's got to prove to Biden that I'm tough on niggas. I can get niggas to like me. I can get niggas to like me and I got to be tough on niggas. She's going to show that. So they might, they, they might want to make an example out of Young Thug. And the second thing Young Thug has got to worry about is these are state charges. What's going to happen? What, you know, the feds are going to hover around and look. What's he going to get? Is he going to get a 20 piece? All right, then we'll just leave it alone. If and not. And it ain't going to be, be it ain't going to be like shopping. They ain't gonna see there with, with their with their with, with these are Negroes, so this ain't gonna be no situation, bro. Where it's gonna be like, well, let's run them back to back concurrent. Oh no 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 no. No. They no. they they gonna run them on top because this is okay. Now let let's look up the statutes. Okay, conspiracy, conspiracy, murder, first degree. Georgia. Ain't like Minnesota where they just give you 20 pieces. Okay, now look at this. Now, conspiracy to commit a crime, criminal solicitation. Hold on. Let's see here. Georgia. And look at this right here. Right when I went to Lawson and Barry. Some lawyers, crimes involving other parties, attempt, conspiracy, gang, party to a crime, Rico. I mean, well, I mean, uh, tw- yeah, man. See, he, he needs a Rico lawyer. About, you were talking about, uh, he, there ain't no lawyer in the world. Jesus Christ could defend him. He ain't getting off. The, <laughs> the, I want to go back to one thing you were talking about earlier the lyrics. Here's what they're doing with the lyrics. It's today, what? Today's May 25th, right? If I'm accused on May 25th of catching a body, and that same day I post on social media, had to lay somebody out. 
you know what I mean, had to finish them, then they could tie it in. You see what I'm saying? They're not right. going solely by the lyrics. They're not going through his lyrics and going, oh, he said that there, there, there. They're going with what ties in. Certain lyrics, certain songs he dropped right after a murder. It might tie into it, or I drop 50K and the nigga gone. You know, certain, you know, they're, they're trying to tie certain things. That might be a little more difficult, but if they got a snitch, which they do already telling them, yeah, I'm the one who's. It, it's hard to beat a snitch when the snitch is like, yeah, I'm the hitter, and he paid me to do it. And they got proof. Yeah, you can't beat that one, man. Especially if he says, all right, here's my phone. That's it. It's it. It's it. And that's what I'm and saying. This I'll is say- a conspiracy to commit murder. And here's how they got him. Here's how they got him. Okay, so here's how they really got him, hook, line, and sinker. So the the guy that he paid, there was a guy that's locked up with Y, with the Lucci, the young man Lucci. There's a guy locked up with him that's in YSL. Young Thug offered him some money to kill Lucci while they were locked up. This is before they got raided. The dude tried to kill Lucci, didn't, didn't get, a, didn't, didn't, wasn't successful. Then turned around and snitched on Thug and said, "Yeah, Thug called me and told me to do this." Okay, so what they did is they gave that guy a cell phone. They said he's not going to talk to you on the court on the jailhouse phones, but if you act like you snuck a cell phone in, he'll start talking. Which that was the happened. mistake he made. Yeah, which is what happened. Then Lucci went to the judge and said, I need to get bonded out because this motherfucker's putting hits out on my life. The and judge he's in there for murder. murder. Yeah, Ain't the he? judge wasn't sympathetic. I don't know. I think so. See. The judge wasn't sympathetic. He didn't release him. But but it's oh, still, oh, oh. that was the last straw for Atlanta. Atlanta said, we got to go. Now he's making more hits on people's lives. Because it's one thing to be sitting on information if somebody's selling drugs and you want to build a case on them, but it's hard to build a case. You know, it's, it's for the feds. It's kind of hard when they're building a case, somebody who's catching bodies. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is very interesting. Very interesting right here. And check this out. In early 2021, I remember this warrants were issued charging him with a December, 2020 shooting. That left a 20-year-old, a 28-year-old man dead and another man wounded. In addition to the to, to being a suspect for the shooting, they charged him with aggravated assault and participation in a criminal street gang. Now, he was arrested January 13, 2021, after turning himself in, and then he was released on house arrest after posting a half a million dollar bond on February 8th. Then in May 2021. Bennett, which is YFN, it says him among 12 people were in a 105 count RICO racketeering, violating the state's anti-gang law, possession of a firearm and possession in the commission of a felony. They stated that Bennett was a member of a faction of the Bloods. An attorney to Bennett argued that the rapper was innocent of all charges. On June 1st, 2021, a Fountain County judge denied him bond. Denied a bond. So 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 now you got them in a Rico. Him him and him and twelve people in a Rico, 105 no, counts. Really so, so basically the Rico Suave is the guarantee that we right. charge you need you niggas. So you ain't These gonna be rappers, able to beat it. These young rappers in a in a 
desperate attempt to prove that they're authentic, they have to brag about what they're doing. So when you're bragging about what you're doing, you're you're just telling on yourself. Self snitching, like that judge, let that lawyer be saying. That's all it is. It's called self snitching. You're telling on yourself, making it easy for them. You know what I mean? There's an old back in the day when these guys signed with record labels and different things. Now a lot of these kids are independent. When they sign the record labels, record labels to an extent would hold them accountable. Not, you know what I mean? Maybe not, you know, they'd put maybe, you know, social media things. Like if somebody was signed to bad boys or something, they couldn't be running around acting a fool to that extent. But it wouldn't last long. But these kids now are independent. They're not signed to Sony, Jive. You know, somebody from Jive Records might come to them and go, hey, man, you're, you know, you fucking up your bag. You know, but now these kids, they have to prove that they're authentic. I'm a real thug. I'm, so guess what happens? Shit. Every other day you hear about a Rico charge on a rapper or he's getting killed once a week. Now, one thing now, now. What what they were doing, I'm going to say this. What they were doing was not very bright the way they handled it. But here on the Bagland podcast tonight, I am not going to co-sign the Rico. And there's one reason why. And one very own reason. If there's no Rico for Rittenhouse and there's no Rico for race soldiers, then there should be no Rico for Thug. I think they should drop the Rico, drop it down to a first degree murder. That's that's my personal opinion because they should all get Ricos. If you no select, yeah, select no selective justice. If he gets a if 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 Rittenhouse gets a Rico, then everyone should get a Rico. It it should be Rico Suaves for everybody that did the Rico. Everybody, because I mean the the YSL guys, in my opinion, they deserve it. And in the same token, organized white supremacy. Why make? There's two reasons why it's harder with the white supremacy to give them Ricos. First reason is they don't want to. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah, they don't yeah. want to give it to them. Yeah, the they, second they don't reason want to is they're not on social media talking about, yeah, we getting money. We just went into the hood and killed 10 niggas. And, you know, they're not talking. They're not self-snitching to that degree. So you got, A, the first thing is they don't want to tell on them. The second thing is that they're not self-snitching. That's yeah, why. they 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 cover yeah, they, they cover their mind pretty well. They have codes. They have codes. leaders who don't want to get in trouble. This is now young thug. That's the leader. You see how he talks? Yep, he says I'm the leader. Yep. Go find a leader. Go find a leader of uh Proud Boys or you know one of them. I'm sure he's gonna talk a little more maturely. You know what I mean? Well, well, what the Proud Boys will do is they'll they'll do an ambush on somebody black or on a person in law enforcement. And then what they'll do, you'll say, well, who's the leader? Oh, I'm not the leader. Whatever. Like, OK, well, you got a group, right? Yeah, we just we're just a motorcycle club like that article that I was talking about with Kroll and them. Like, I mean, it, it, it's very dangerous because. A lot of the see a lot of these guys they be plugged in with law enforcement. There was something I wanted to get some audio, and I forgot to get it. But it was some LAPD officers, and it's it's a black man. I I, I don't know about him, but he seems like he means well. But it's a black man that's trying to run. He's trying to get this race soldier, this suspected Hispanic race soldier called Villanova. He's this sheriff out in LA County that 
he knows about the little police gangs. Like they got actual gangs. Like they should be a RICO on LA, LA County, LA County Sheriff's and LAPD. Because they got these tattoos of these race soldier gangs and these white supremacist gangs, Vikings. I mean, the whole they have they had a squad called the executioners. And you know what they what that means. I mean, they just go and just knock shit down. They'll just go kill a nigga and just get like a beer or some shit. I mean, this is documented. Like, yeah. so now you're having a lot of LAPD officers. Some of them are just coming clean and saying, hey, man, I don't want to be a part of this shit. And they're telling on the ones that uh, were a part of it. One guy came up and said it was he was cool with some of them. But they said, hey, you want to join the gang? Like, you want to be a part of this? You know what I'm saying? He wanted you want to be a part of the executioner squad, and he was like, "Man, that ain't my cup of tea." So he was trying to stay 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 clear. Then a sergeant he resigned, and he pretty much spilled the bean. It's been a bunch of whistleblowers coming out there in L.A. County. It's been a whole bunch of them that's been coming out, and what they said is the leadership for the ones that have been coming out telling on the the race soldiers that are the, that are in the gangs, the leadership and the people that are on top have been ridiculing the people that have been getting off code. They're like, okay, you're cooning now. You see what I'm saying? That, that fucking up how they do things. Yeah. They're saying, you know, now they're regarding all of the police in LAPD that's coming out saying, Hey man. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, they're going in public. I, I'm gonna get the audio and play it next time. They're they're publicly going in front of hearings and saying, "Yeah, I know that guy. That guy right there. That guy. He's a white supremacist. This guy over here. He's part of the executioner squad. He got a tattoo. See, they all got tattoos. Anybody in that gang got a tattoo. You can't get a tattoo. You can't be in the gang without a tattoo. You got to be a tried and true race soldier. And these folks are, um, it's it's his brother that's running against Villanova, and he says, "Well, hey, look, um, the leadership." Cause he's somebody. He ain't like a weenie. He's like a sergeant, or he. I mean, he's he's somebody there. So he's running against the Villanova sheriff. I mean, it's like a big. I don't. Know, it's like a mafia almost out there, bro. It's like a mafia. It's like a real mafia. It's like a whole mob. Like they had these people out there in California in Vallejo. I think where E40 and them was from, called the Badge Benders. I talked about this before, where. If you kill a black person or a Hispanic person, they they bend the badge, like they'll have a badge on them, but they'll kind of bend it a little bit. So like if you if you knock somebody off this black or knock somebody off this Hispanic, you that's gang initiation. Like they're re- I'm talking about real live gangs. Like they trying to portray right. oh the YSL oh they're a gang they're, they're a gang, not a record just, label they're, they're a gang just like YSL if not stronger and worse. It would take to take down the Boogaloo's or one of these organizations, the Klan or all these different groups they got. It would take more than one or two snitches. Yeah, it would take a lot. Yeah, it would take. It would take. It would take them catching the guy, the head guy, and then him telling on everybody else type thing. You know what I mean? It, it would just. It would, It's just too hard. And then you got to understand those groups are put in place technically to protect whites from blacks we're here to fight the blacks fight the other races so it's kind of like that's the home team you know that's almost almost like telling on your security here's something i want to read and then we'll go to the next thing 
the University of Maryland Law Journal Race, Religion, and Gender Class, Volume 20, Issue 2, Article 7. And this was by Sherry L. Diagracias. And she called it Race, Reconstruction, and the RICO. Using the RICO Suave Act and prosecutions against white supremacist organizations in America. And um, basically... She was talking about, she said, in recent history, racially motivated public shootings, Charleston, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, San Diego, Cali, El Paso, have brought the issue of white supremacy to the forefront of public discourse. The term lone wolf suggests that white supremacist shooters work alone and for their individual actions can be directly prosecuted for the racially motivated murders of innocent lives. However, many of them, through manifestos and other online content, act on a reinforced ideology of members within an online network of white supremacists. So, all right. So now, we've already identified that the Buffalo shooter, when he went to go shoot those black folks, remember, he had live-streamed it he wrote the manifesto. He had 30 pages of body armor. He started talking about old oh, black folks. Black men don't take care of their children. And oh, he was talking about Jewish people are wicked and they own the news. And then he started talking about, oh, you know, he showed some woman twerking. And, you know, just like the the, the small percentage of black folks of, of, of the vile stereotypes of us. Did the majority of black on the gun? And, oh, reparations and buck breaking and oh, he, yeah, yeah. Here's your reparations. You know, he looked at that as reparations, and you know, I'm gonna shoot you niggas. This is reparation. So that's intent. He said, "I'm I'm not I'm not insane. I know exactly what I'm doing. Is I'm doing this for the white man." And then he started talking about the coons in, in white society. He said, you, you nigger lovers and, and you white women sleeping around with black men, you're coons too. You're going to get it too. So anybody that's off code in white society going to get it. And he was talking stuff like that, like 180 pages. Yeah, well, he's going, they're going to make, they, they have no choice but to, but to do him in. You know what I mean? If he, well, where's the Rico? Where's the, the Rico, Rico Suave? What's the name of his group? You know what I mean? What's the name of his group? Is him and his group on social media talking about we getting money, we doing it? You know what I mean? I understand he did that, but where's the guys with him? Well, so Rico's got to be organized, organized crime. Where's the organization? That was, Rico that was some one it person. It was organized crime. It was organized. You know why it was organized crime? You know, you're 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 painting a good question because you're like, okay, what was the intent of these guys that were watching the live stream? See. He had a group of people. Okay, now where'd you get the guns? Now they say he dropped off a box of ammunition at his friend's house. Rico, his parents, or accessory to a crime for sure. That's Rico. Where's the Where's the money being made off of that? Well, you don't have to necessarily make money. But you know that about the Rico. You don't necessarily have to, but the money being made through the illegal means that you're doing is the real that's the real reason they're coming at you all right now let, okay let, 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 now listen what to this. organized it says, group is not making money how are they how are they being funded how are they you know what i mean well here's what, what she breaks that? down about the rico she says while white supremacist hate speech is constitutionally protected by the first amendment so which means if a white man walks up to me and says nigga you can't rap just, just random, just a random ass white dude says, DP, you can't rap. 
you nigga. I don't want no Hennessy deals. Don't give me no Hennessy. <laughs> don't give me no Hennessy deals, nigga. Like like Hunter Biden said, he lawfully is protected by the First Amendment. Now, if he slaps me and says, "Yeah, nigga, I don't want no Hennessy deals, nigga," now that's a hate crime. Now it says crimes covered under the racketeer influence and corrupt organizations. That's the RICO acts such as hate crimes. See, now that's a RICO. If he slaps me. And it calls you up and say, yeah, I'll slap that nigga. We're going to go around slapping niggas. That's a RICO. Hate crimes, murders, drug trafficking, and other crimes committed by their organizations are not legally protected. This argument or this comment argues that the RICO Act, which has previously been used to target whole organized crime enterprises, such as New York's organized crime families and street gangs, could also be used to prosecute white nationalists organizations that engage in illegal activities part one sets forth the historical events of the post-civil war reconstruction period that sought to reverse the context in which white supremacist violence embedded itself into the fabric of the united states and that's a good one part two details the current state of white supremacist uh, organizations in america part three outlines the rico act and how prosecutors can use the statute to prosecute white nationalist enterprise now i'm not going to keep going into this mike german has already documented this was an ex-FBI member. And I was telling you the other day that this guy, he infiltrated a lot of race soldier groups. And for right. a couple times. And he his this was his analysis. He found out some feds was doing some illegal wiretap shit or get some, you know, some some illegal shit. And Mike German went to his superiors. And he said, Hey man, you know, you got some people out here. This doing illegal wiretaps, they're breaking the constitution, they're breaking the law. You know what his superior said? You're off code. You're cooning. He said, You're reporting other white men that are committing crimes. You are cooning. Either you're gonna continue to uphold the code or you're gonna have to resign. So they probably gave him a sweet deal. They said, All right, man, you're really fired. So we'll just let you resign and cut you a cut you a big bag. So he is he just refused to do it. He just said, Well, I'm not gonna sit here and watch y'all do this illegal wiretap shit. You know? Um, and so they just let him go. Right. So he wrote a report. He gave it to Obama, he gave it to all the administrations over the years, and he basically said, Listen, man, you got a bunch of race soldiers in the FBI, in the military, in the law enforcement, every aspect of law enforcement. It's so many of them, we don't even know where to start. Y'all need to start keeping tabs on these people. And they basically was like, oh, there's nothing we could do. They just made up a bunch of excuses. Well, we can't do anything about it. We're not, in so many words, we're not going to do anything about it. Like that was the key word that you said earlier. You said, why won't they put a Rico on a race soldier? You said, number one, that was your first point. You said, they don't want to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They said, they don't want to, flat out. We're just not going to do it. So when you say, all right, well, he says they need they to gather more else. information. They just ain't going to do it. Who's now, the one Who's the one race of people that white supremacy doesn't bother? Who, who is the entity that they don't bother? You know, they don't bother well, they don't rich white people. Yeah, rich white people. I mean, because hey, so rich white people. Who makes the laws in America? White corporations, white people. Okay, so if if DP was in power right now, would he be running around here squeezing uh, the Black Panthers? You know, no boots on the ground. Would you be squeezing boots on the ground? 
Of course no. not. Okay, so what about if I told you to the average white dude, that's boot, Boogaloo and them, that's boots on the ground. Same way you look at me and you look at boots on the ground and your listeners do, that's the same way they look at uh, white supremacist organizations. That's our boots on the ground. So the enforcement arm, basically, whenever we need them to do some dirty work. Niggas, if you're a white person and you hate niggas, but you're not, you know, you just hate them, you know, in inside, you know, you don't really bring it up out to people. You would love the white. Well, what's your problem with white supremacy? You got no. Would, would benefits you. It's a big benefit. <laughs> exactly. What's your problem with the police beating up niggas? You ain't got no problem with that. Ain't beating you up. You, who, you know, who, you ain't getting beat up. What is the class? What is the most classic case that you could find? Or the most classic case that you could recall and tell me in which you've seen where cooning did not have a retirement plan, where you thought where you seen somebody that was cooning and they thought that they were gonna coon until the day until the end of their career and it just didn't work out. The last one I saw was Bill Cosby. Now now his now okay, now Cosby, where where did you where did you see where Cosby with your suspicion of cooning? Every time for a few years straight, all I heard about Bill Cosby was knocking black people, black men. And why don't he talk about positive things and he do it in front of whites? Why wouldn't he talk about positive things blacks are doing? I mean, any any race, entity, human being, organization has something negative. If you want to harp on it, he could talk about all the young African-Americans graduating from the schools and Princeton or Hillman or wherever he was dealing with, he could have been talking about that, but he knew if I want to get on these white people's shows and I want these white people to interview me, I got to talk the shit they want to hear. Now, they do you think he should have... They would have brought him on if he was saying positivity about blacks. They didn't want to hear that. They would have said, oh, we're going to have somebody else on today. Now, do you That's think cool. he should have just got some black folks in a room and and whatever he had to say to say to us personally, do you think it should have yeah. been like that? He could have definitely had those thoughts and opinions that he could have started. Did he, did, did he have a men's group? Just I want to answer that. Did he have a group which he could have easily started where he, you know, all that stuff he was talking in public where he teaches young men about that? No. I don't you think he mean? had a men's group, but what, what, what Cosby used to do is he'd just help a bunch of niggas out. He'll just give you a big-ass bag and pay for your college or your business, I mean, so he did a yeah, lot he's of done a lot of that, yeah. but knocking knocking people in public, okay, that's once he said when Coonan doesn't have a retirement plan, I would say um, the second one would probably be Colin Powell. So Colin Powell, you said he he did some Coonan. What Coonan did Colin Powell do? Colin Powell's a Republican. I don't think people ever realize that. You know what I mean? I, I heard Powell. he was a real nigga. That's what uh, I heard. Colin Powell wouldn't have been a Republican. It would, it, it, especially during the Bush era and that era in the eighties, it, it had been contra, it's contradictive to be a real nigga and have been a Republican back then. It would make more sense now. Martin Luther King was then. a Republican. Well, made that's a different time. You talking yeah. in? You know what do you mean? You ain't talking about right now, or especially now, during the Bush time, Reagan time, both Bushes. To say you're a Republican back then, that meant something different. You know, so as a black person talking you about, got, yeah, you got another one that, that Coonan didn't work out. I would say Puffy Combs because Puffy Combs has done done a lot of Puffy Combs owns a station and nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's talking about that shit. You know what I mean? I mean, they might listen to they might go watch Revolt, but they don't be like Puffy. Nobody gives a fuck. Even the Man, people they- on Revolt be talking about him. 
It's now, not like ask- I mean, Puffy owns a damn station, DP. Don't you think that should be kind of a bigger deal? Man, this is just like Simone Mammy Sanders. No one cares. Nobody gives a fuck because he cooned. That's what cooning doesn't, you know what I mean? He beat a lot of artists out their money, and then he knows how to talk when he's around. You know what I mean? He he knows how to say enough in public where you don't think he's cooning, but he really is. You know, I got to give, I, I have, I, I think, I think, not trying to promote violence, but I think this sec, I think on the Bagland podcast, as you said, when I told you about the UK, and I told you how they don't have pipes and how how their how, how hands and feet get done out there. I gotta have. I think I'm gonna have a fade central segment, and I gotta give the fade central segment award to, to to Freddie Kane. It was a very cowardly lion move, as I played the footage earlier. As Buffalo, now I said this, and people probably wouldn't really like what I said. And I don't. I'm not exactly sure what day it happened, but I seen footage of. Of Freddie Kane out there, you know, having some macaroni and cheese with his with his woman, and some guys from Buffalo. They weren't really on watch for the race soldiers, and they tried to put hands and feet. It was twenty on one, and it didn't work out for him. I seen people hopping out the windows, and after the fight, the guys ran away. And I think that's the. Mo- I think that's. I think I have to give an award for for gangster of the year to Freddie Gibbs for standing yeah. twenty on one. For hand, for yeah. actually, I looked at the video a couple times today, and I said he put hands and feet. He put hands and feet on them dudes, man. For that, I give him a lot of credit. And Benny, the, they said Benny the butcher went to the nearest uh, senior citizen home and got, got twenty people, <laughs> got him out there to help him out and go beat him up. But That's I mean, funny. in that regard, I, I give her, Fred Gibbs. In that regard, I give him credit. But overall, all that running your mouth, trolling people, this and that. I mean, he's too talented for that. It's he said it's in good back. faith. He said it's he's a huge come... fan. He said he's a huge fan of academics and he loves Gunner. He said those little great guys. He said, he said I don't yeah, want to see no one get hurt. He said, I just want to talk shit and have fun. Sure, that's it. Yeah, no more trolling people like that. Leave that shit alone, man. Because guess what? 50 Cent does that, but you'll never see 50 Cent just running around with his girl kicking it. He's got a yeah, new movie. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, the, though, 50 Cent trolls people, but are you going to see 50 Cent running around like that where you can jump him like that? He's got armed, nah. armed, armed guards. That's why he's trolling people. Well, so Freddie Gibbs, yeah. is, if, Freddie if Gibbs you, is still relevant. He needs to stick to his bars. If he wants to battle somebody on wax and this and that, that's fine. But these niggas, they don't battle on wax anymore. What about Gimme? Jimmy Jim Jones is irrelevant. He, I mean, I don't think Jim Jones a is, is is slow. So when he was young, he could you know do a little bit. But now that he's getting older, I mean, nobody wants to. First of all, forty year old rappers, man, that or forty year old gangsters. That's just you know what I mean. This it's getting that's that's just it's getting to the point where that's get it gets embarrassing. You know, I noticed something. I came in the city in Minneapolis. You know, I had to make run an errand the, the, the uh, last night. And I noticed when I was on the highway, man, it was just a bunch of maniacs driving. I said, oh, I'm not that old. But I was just like, damn, man. It just seemed like it was a lot of young folks out. I couldn't see who was in the cars. But when I went on Cedar Riverside, when I uh, see the Riverside by Devonnie's, right by Devonnie's, I seen a big bill. And I said, oh, my God. When did they put this shit up? Oh, I'm I know like, what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Like, that's it's crazy. And even even Franklin, oh, man. I, I Man, it just, I don't know, bro. They well, they, they they stuck between a hard rock and a hard place because at one time they tried to degentrify the area, 
And then what happened is all these drugs hit. So they wanted to push all the drugs away from downtown. So what they did is they moved it all to this sewer neighborhood. Because this is all, besides the building I live in and maybe one or two other ones, everything else here is low-income housing buildings. So they figured just put them all, put the drug addicts with the low, the low-income housing people and put them all together. You know what I mean? That's and you see panhandling on every street corner. Yesterday I had to put hands, not hands and feet, but hands on this one Somali dude tried to come in the building. You know, I do the caretaking in the building. He tried to come in and I said, You don't live here, dude. He said, Yeah, I do, man. You're gonna have to move. So I just kinda, you know, I didn't really didn't not too much. He wasn't he couldn't have been no more than maybe his early twenties, but just kinda smacked him up and pushed him out and closed the door. But this is wild up here, man. This this is very this is the kind of neighborhood now where if you got any kind of sense, you just work and come home. You don't be running around outside too much. Now now Sad. what did you think what did you think today now? Biden just signed an executive order to increase accountability in policing. Now I'm just gonna go right down to the article and go, it's it covers a hundred thousand police. In total, senior administration uh, officials said it'll ban chokeholds unless deadly force is authorized. Now, that's a big thing. You're saying unless deadly force is authorized. Authorized by who? What is it? Unless deadly force is authorized. Yeah. By your now, boss. Uh, see? Okay. So what if your boss says, all right, choke DP out. Choke that nigga. AKA why there was never charges in the Breonna Taylor case. When that's just, that's AKA a primary why, thing. Yeah, why there just, was why there was never charges. What's the young man that they raided the house, the apartment just recently, and then he was asleep with the gun. He was something you know something about the he was asleep and he came out with the gun. Amir, Amir, Locke. From Amir? yeah, Amir, yeah. yeah. See that because when you if if I, DP if you're going in on a raid. And I'm your boss, and I say, hey, man, these motherfuckers is extra violent. You get ready to fire on these motherfuckers. Guess what? You're not in trouble anymore. And guess what? I can't prosecute you because then I'll be in trouble. So we got to let it go. Cut some checks. When when people say what's changed in the last two years, all I've seen, DP, is some checks being cut and cell phone cameras. That's how I would describe the last two years. Checks being cut, settlement checks, and cell phone cameras. Hmm. That's it. If you can, if you can record, if you have a police officer on recording doing something, you'll get a check. You'll get a check. A big check. A big bag. Maybe a, could be a big bag. Could be a small bag. Depends on what happens. If you get your, if you get need on. For seven or eight minutes, your son will be son will have about thirty million dollars put up. I mean, I, that's all I've seen. The police are still highly aggressive. They're just leery of them camera phones. What they're that's doing what it they're now? They're doing it different now. Hey man, let's find this nigga in his alley or some shit. Well, you you're know gonna see saying? eventually. You're gonna see at some point, and it might be when DT gets back in office. But at some point, they're going to make it against the law to against the law or obstruction of justice to record a police officer. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, because I've just coming. seen that they did. They were doing that. It was just, it was in a different country, but it was, uh, it was some white guys. They tried to, 
hit the police with some um I, it was in italy i don't know where it was but they were in some, another country and it was some white guys that was just showing their ass talking about well i'm gonna record you and the cop told him hey man just, just cut the camera off or whatever and he got talking shit or whatever like they detained his ass <laughs> so 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 Tariq, yeah so Tariq was like hey they should have just complied because you know that's what they tell black folks well you should have just complied and all this stuff well, the rules hey. are different out there in italy i'm in america they're going to make it against the law where you can it's an obstruction of justice if you start recording a police officer you'll see because yeah. it's costing them too much first of all it's costing them too much money you know what I mean? And the second thing they're going to do is they're going to discredit Crump. They're going to pay a black woman at some point here in the next six months to a year. They're going to play. A, they're going to pay some black woman to say that Crump sexually harassed her, sexually abused her. They're going to try to discredit him. It's interesting that you you just mentioned Crump because I just seen something right here where it says the measure will limit the circumstances under which federal law enforcement can use no knock warrants. And it will stipulate that certain federal grants for state and local police departments will be contingent on having proper act, uh, accreditations in place. The executive order has been in the works for months as the White House consulted with policing groups, civil rights organizations, and lawyers like Ben Crump, who represented the Floyd family that uh, that after Floyd was killed by police officer Chavez. Now, it says Biden said Wednesday he hadn't signed executive order earlier in his presidency because he did not want to undercut negotiations in the Congress to pass police reform legislation. Police, it's a nothing burger. This is money for the police. Then it says the last year, the House last year passed the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which would overhaul qualified immunity and outlaw no-knock warrants and chokeholds at the federal level, but negotiations in the closely divided Senate broke down and have shown little signs of restarting. So that's basically what they're saying is, no, nah, we didn't give you niggas $28 million. We ain't going to pass it. Because yeah, qualified immunity basically means if, you know, like when you were telling me about Nor, if he just pulls up on you and says, hey, nigga, you committed a crime, and he fucks you up, and they just beat you to death. He could say, well, I feel for my life. Qualified immunity. Negro Clyburn was 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 behind that. Well, we don't need to end qualified immunity. You know, Fish Fry Clyburn was talking about that, that he Not didn't like really that. want it, it to be ended. When they uh, gave Floyd, the members of Floyd's family that have merit, when they gave them that money, they can't fight for certain things. They can't be involved in certain things. That's part of the settlement. Which means it's hard to pass them bills when you ain't got the family right there. A gag order. Yeah, the ones that you see talking, there's a guy named Felonius, and there's another one. It's ironic that's his name. There's one that those guys they weren't a part of the settlement. Those, those they were the it was the, the 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 baby mama through the daughter and then two of the sisters. The brothers, they didn't get none of that money. That's why they're teaming up. They're able to talk openly. You don't see the sisters or the baby mama saying nothing. You can't speak disparagingly about this case, which means you ain't fighting for no bills or nothing. And then when they publicly say that you got this kind of money, it makes people look stupid. Look at all these kids that just went to jail. Seven years, nine years, six years. Justice for George Floyd. Ain't get a dot. That family got 30, 40, 50 million plus 
extra. That's just a settlement from the city. They got a lot of other money. They sell George Floyd's merchandising, like Nike. How Shit. much money do you think this this whole this whole bag was worth between the nonprofits, the Floyd family, all that? Do you think it could have cracked at least half a billion dollars? I'm talking about between the white liberals getting their little nonprofits off and niggas selling t-shirts and just the whole I'm talking about the whole city of Minneapolis with a I'm talking about got an actual profit bag. Do you think that, that the city probably at least made six hundred million? No. Because you don't think so? Much, look at how much they lost. The city, well, not not the city, but the, like, okay, these look because you know, remember when you would ask about the bail, and I said, well, man, these little not these little white nonprofits. I called one of them out one time. I said, wait a minute, y'all getting all these donations? The donations was like a lot, and I said that should go to the that should go to foundational blacks. And they said, well, don't you think that the minorities and other white people that were fighting for Floyd and all that? And you know, my answer was, y'all motherfuckers been getting freebies for a long time. You, 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 y'all been getting freebies for a long damn time here. And see, now that Mr. Floyd got, because let's, let's, let's be clear. Before he was lynched on 38th in Chicago, there was some killings where black folks was getting killed throughout the nation and shit like that. But remember when you were out there, motherfuckers was partying, handing out beer. It was a, it was just a inter, it was, it was an interracial, interracial dancing sex fest. I've seen more, and this is, I hate to say this, but I've seen more of the white people that I've seen out there that were actually out there in honor of George Floyd and what happened to him. I've seen a lot of brothers that was just riding just to ride, man, coming up just to come up, just seeing it as an opportunity to come up. I've seen a lot of homeless people that didn't have nothing better to do. But I, a lot of the, I, a lot of the white people. That's why now I'll, there's a difference between white people and race soldiers, in my opinion. Because I've seen a lot of white people that rode for George Floyd, and they was out there for that reason. I've seen a lot of uh, coon behavior in the aspect that they weren't out there to ride for George Floyd. They just seen that as an opportunity to come up. I remember when you were telling me it was some folks out there that was barbecuing and niggas yeah. said. Handing out oh, their damn rap albums that, and all types Saturday. of goofy shit. That Saturday, this that Saturday, yeah, man. I seen people. They had like, uh, yeah, there was multiple different barbecues right there in that High Lake Mall, where that liquor store is, and there's a subway. I think over there, right over there, there was man, right by South High. There was multiple different barbecues. It was just an, it was like an event. You know what I mean? It was like, damn, did somebody die? You know what I'm saying? It was wild. And it was in like Minnesota, Minneapolis, especially that area has a lot of homeless people. So for them, this was great. Hmm. You know, it was great. Yeah, I'm coming up every day. I'm going to come up. And there's a lot of people out here. You know, it's like I'm not homeless right now. It's almost like for the homeless people, it's like having company. All them people out there, you know, it's just like having somebody at their house. We partying. It was it was actually looking back on it, I'm actually ashamed of myself for even being out there. I could have got caught up. They could have said I did something I didn't do. I was right by the Arby's when they was burning that down. And I was letting yeah. them young people know two things. One, do you see these guys with these big ass cameras here that are acting like they're reporters when they're really police? 
And what they're doing is they're just they're just letting you do it. They can't stop you. They're just recording who you are, and they're gonna come get you. Yeah. Nobody was hearing it. Yeah. yeah. Because and, and they, they had, did. They acted like they were press. This is police. Or now, even if it's press, police could run up to them. Bye. We got a subpoena. Let us get that video. They got every last one of them motherfuckers. They're not all of them, but they got a lot. There's motherfuckers that got felons, felonies on their record because of George Floyd. George Floyd's family got 30 million fucking dollars, and now one of his family members was out there rioting. Come on. I'm ashamed of myself for even being out there running around. I didn't do no rioting or nothing, but I was just seeing the atmosphere. I'm embarrassed for even being out there. Well, and then another thing I got to look at it too. Like... Even if they could have took, like you said, all those people that was really out there to, you know, because see, there, there, there's several sides to it. The destruction of the city, it really didn't help foundational blacks. And even some of the immigrant and African blacks, the non-foundational blacks, they suffer too. I'm looking at our old neighborhood. Look at the West Bank. Like, th- th- there's, there's effects outside of just, okay, well, he got 20 years. This was our time. If we all going to come together, it wasn't just about Floyd. This was about Mike Brown. This was about Tamir Rice. This was about hundreds and hundreds of black folks that have been murdered in cold blood. that didn't have weapons on them that were murdered by race soldiers. This was really our time. If you going to act a damn fool, the number one thing niggas should have said is reparations. Tangibles, reparations, at least a fucking anti-black racism crime bill. Where okay, if you lynch us, you won't go, you won't do forty years minimum. You know what I'm saying? At least like something serious. Nigga, they didn't want it. Minnesota didn't fucking want it, bro. They didn't. You had Crump. You had Crump that was agreeing to all these big fat settlements. Why didn't he make that a part of his settlement deal? Sharpton should have been right there. And see, I'm gonna tell you why I don't like Reverend Rat Al Sharpton. Because not only is he a mafia rat, that's one thing. Nigga, you ain't got no character if you do that. Number two, nigga, you're old enough. You're older. He's older than us. He's much older. He's he's been around. He's older than than your parents would be. He's like 80 some years old. Like, nigga, you're you're old enough to know. You understand what I was talking about earlier about Martin Luther King talking about when we go to Washington, we're getting our checks. See, King. King knew that, all right, the only thing that black folks is really going to be able to see once he realized, like, was like, damn, man, this integration shit wasn't a good idea. We integrated socially. A nigga get a white woman, but we traded in our all our businesses. We wanted to be so accepted by white folk that we gave away all of our businesses and land. And he realized, like, OK, this ain't going to work. They blowing up buildings with little girls in it. Um, they're lynching niggas. They're 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 killing niggas in Mississippi. You know, at, at a certain point, King was like, "Okay, we gonna try to do this shit nonviolent." And after a while, he like, "Man, this shit ain't gonna fucking work, man. We gonna have to hit their pockets, or we gonna have to tear some shit up." And once he said, "All right, let's hit their pockets," they was like, "Oh shit! Oh no 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 no! You can't hit our pockets. You gonna ruin us." Because, you know, the Alabama boycott, that almost ruined Alabama. Black folks should have stayed off that fucking bus and said, hey, I don't want to sit in your front seat. We'll get our own damn bus. Because, as I was saying earlier in the program, 
foundational blacks are the fabric of America. If we got off those buses, it ruins America. It, I mean, it, it. I mean, you got to think, people. Yeah, we were suffering, but people weren't going to work for you know they weren't going to work. Um, because you know, around that time, a lot of a lot of sisters had. They were working in white homes, as um, what what are they called nannies and stuff like that, doing laundry, doing you know what I'm saying. So they're not going to work. They're not taking the bus. So that crippled Alabama. It, it destroyed it. it. It almost ruined Alabama. If we would have did that shit just a little bit longer and just said, fuck it, you know what? We don't even want to get on your goddamn bus. We're going to destroy you. We're going to, we're going to, if we're going to be poor and we're going to be subjugated, we're going to completely, completely obliterate everything you have. You will have nothing. You will be poor just like us. If I'm going to be poor, you're going to be poor. But we, but what we want to do. And I'm very critical of the civil rights generation for this dumb shit they did. They said, well, I just want to go to a hotel. Now, travel's different. You know, I understand that where you're like, well, damn, I've been traveling a long time. I might just want to get a drink of water. I might want to. But what I'm saying is we already had enough black businesses between North Carolina, Tulsa, even up here. I mean, we've we already had what we needed. But the civil rights generation, a lot of them. They looked at the World War One and World War Two generation, and they said, "We want to be different. We don't want to have our own business. We want to. We want to be socially accepted." And we gave everything away. And the race soldiers—that was when the white liberal and the Democrats said, "Hey, oh, you want to go to my hotel? You 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 want to drink coffee with me? That's all you want. All you want to do is vote." So Lyndon B. Johnson said, just let the niggers vote. He said it literally, bro. He said, right. he said, just let the niggers vote. If they is that all they want? That's more he revenue stream for them too. If you own the business and you you want to serve, you might hate niggers, but you want their money. Come on, take it. And he said, and you know, they were they were looking at it like that's all they want. They don't want reparations. Okay, just give it to them. Just just, just fucking give it to them, man. Just sign that bullshit Voting Rights Act. And guess what? We just gonna take all their money. Their businesses are gonna be demolished. You know, cocaine Cadillacs, white women, 1986, 94 crime bill. They said, oh. Lyndon B. Johnson said it. He said, man, I'm going to have these niggers voting Democrat for the next 150 years. And here we go. 1965, it's 2022. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was a genius plan. But see, was- they were, uh, black foundationals were a lot more united back then than they are now. True. Facts. Now, if, you took, if you took 10 foundationals and stuck them in a room, how many of them today would you think would be coons out of that 10? You think half? Right now? Yeah, if you put 10 people in a room, 10 foundationals, how many of them would be coons, you think, out of that 10? You would at least have four. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that's 40%. you, you, You may not have, here's the thing, you may not have, so to say, what they'll say is, oh, well, this is a Tatum. Or, oh, this is a Sheriff Clark. But but they'll they figure like, well, I'm not a black conservative, so I'm not a coon. But you'll get the sister girl vote. That's the coon class. Or right. shitty cuz. Shitty cuz will sit there. Oh, I don't mean that coon. kind of coon. I mean the the anti their the, the hate their own race coon. But that but but the shitty cuz is is what I'm saying is is I get it, I get it, but shitty cuz will them in, say that he wants reparations. I'm I put them in the coon class. 
I'm talking about the black people that fight against reparations, the, the foundationals that fight against Clyburn, reparations. Like Clyburn. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, how many other races have double agents? A Clyburn is a double agent. Well, you know usually I mean? in other races, they don't really let them slide that that quick. Oh, well, yeah. They don't let them they'll slide let, at all. They'll let, they'll they let us... Yeah, no, then yeah, once once they get them in, they ain't laying letting them slide. Like for example, like all right, let me think of a prime, Keith, a prime. Okay. Keith, Keith is a prime example. All the shit that's been happening in Minneapolis all these years, this guy keeps getting voted in. He doesn't no one looks at him like, hey brother. You know what I mean? You you supposed to be the, the number one black person in Minnesota is Keith Ellison. Nobody yeah, no, nobody ever calls out man. Keith. Nobody He's a calls out black Keith. man. Why isn't anybody saying, "Hey, Keith, under your watch, man, ain't number niggas getting shot and killed." We had yeah. the motherfuckers had to riot to draw attention to anything. Where are you at? Why well, don't you get any bills passed? Why isn't he gonna getting tell any you? Passed? He's gonna tell you. Well, I'm just doing my job, and and, and I'm gonna exactly. mind the store. I'm yeah. gonna mind the store. That that's all. I can't do anything. Being honest about it. Yeah, he he'll tell you. He, that's probably what he'll tell you. That he'll probably sit you down and be like, "Man, hey, these these white folks got me under lock and key, nigga. I can't do. What am I gonna do?" He'll say something like that. But then right. you'll get somebody like Sharpton, which is it, worse. Sharpton has more power than Keith. You know why? Because Sharpton has the plantation '94 crime bill, nigga vote. He has that conglomerate. He has the old black folks that if you were to ask them about the Buffalo massacre right now and you say, hey, should these white supremacists get punishment? Oh, Lord, we got to pray and we got to forgive. And what the race soldier will say is, well, okay, yeah, I may be a Christian too, but does that mean a slap on the wrist? See, that's how they look at it. The race soldier looks at it like, oh, well, hell, forgiveness means... No punishment. Now, if it if it's a white person, have you ever noticed when a black person hurts a white person, or if you hear anything that happens to a white person on TV, have you ever noticed they never ever asked them, "Would you forgive this person?" They don't do that. They go immediately to, "Well, what kind of punishment?" Or what kind of justice do you think you should receive? You see? There's anger. You hurt one of us. It, they it, don't, you know, it's a us versus them mentality. They don't do the no. soft shoeing. Well, 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 cut them some slack. No, 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 no. They don't, they don't cut them no Amber slack. Geiger. Amber Muhammad Geiger. Noor. Muhammad Amber Noor. Geiger. But no, even, even more than Muhammad Noor, Amber Geiger, what she did should have been headline story. Should have been as big as Derek Chauvin. But because the family got to hugging her and all this and that, that, that there was really no animosity. How, how are you going to look looking mad when when the family's hugging on her? This woman went in somebody else's house and shot him and then yeah. turned around and said, oh, I thought it was my place, man. Get the fuck out of here. And they that's, had just as bad, that's just as bad as Derek Chauvin. It, it's, almost, it's almost worse. Be, and because she didn't do he, no jail time, right? She got off. Man, they, man, they, they, they gave her ten. They, she got like a ten piece. But, but here's a here's a difference. So. I don't think no, she got time. She got, she got maybe time? five, five or ten. Yeah, she did get time. She got convicted. But the thing is, is it, it set up a bad precedence because 
his family was immigrant coons. What they did is they thought they were going to get a bag. They went on Dr. Phil's. They thought they were going to get a bag. And then there was a new law passed in, passed in Dallas, Texas saying, Hey, she's not no employee of mine. Um, y'all don't get no bag. So they cooned it up all the way to the very end and then found out. I mean, it was so bad. The, the mom was cooning. The brother was a straight Sambo. He wanted to hug the broad. But really what got me was the father. He said, I just want to give her a hug. I want to give her a hug. But you know what was the worst was the father. He had his father there. He said, I want to be your friend. I My blood pressure almost just blew. I almost blew up. I said, this is the, this ain't even forced coonery. This is voluntary coonery. It's like they thought they was going to get a big bag and go back to the Caribbean and it didn't, it didn't work out. And I was glad that them niggas didn't get shit because there was a lot of foundational blacks. There was a lot of foundational blacks out there that was, I mean, you had this one sister that recorded it. She lost her job. She had race soldiers watching her. I don't even know what happened to the sister. I mean, it was a lot of black folks out there that was getting fucked up behind that shit. And for them to do that shit. And then you had this hood rat that got on the jury talking about, well, I couldn't give them tw- give her 20 years, but she had a, had a point. She said, because of the family. That's what she kept saying. She said, because of the family, the coon ass family didn't want Geiger to get time because they probably thought they had a crump situation. Like, well, if we coon it up enough, we could get a bag. And they didn't get a bag. Yeah, but had they stuck with Crump, had they been messing with Crump, they would have got a bag. They, but they would have got a bag. They, they probably would have got, got something. They might have got a small bag to act like that. Yep. Yeah. You know, because if they're African, they can flip that money. If they send it back to Africa, that's worth a lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they're from the care. They were from. I think they were from the Caribbean. Caribbean. That's worth a lot more. It's worth more than the U.S. dollar. They could take a two million dollars of hush money, a million dollars of hush money, turn it into three point five million out there. And and that and see when when stuff like that happens, when you have black folks, especially from out of here, it's almost like the movie Us. If you ever seen that movie Us by Jordan Peele, you need to watch that. You have these tether. The tether class is basically like well. They're not looking at it as it as it as it a collective. See, when a race soldier shoots an Eritrean person, I'm looking at it like, okay, foundation or not, that's another black person. That's another black. That's that's that could be me. You see, so if if I don't invoke and say what, no, this is off code. That's a race. That's a suspected race soldier right there. You see, this person. That could be me. That could be my child or that could be, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to look at it from the standpoint of saying, well, we need to forgive, forgive, not a damn thing. I don't think no nigga on the, in the state of, uh, in, in the United States of America needs to ever get on no fucking news. I don't care what your religion is. Forgive them after the mallet drops. Do not say you forgive anything. That's like the right, right to remain silent to me. Well, that's, that's called say, leverage, but you have yeah, to have leverage to do that. You have to have money because if you got some money put up, then you could say, I'm not saying like Justine Diamond's family, they had enough money where th- they weren't going to settle with anybody. They were going to see it all the way through because if you see it all the way through and you wait to that guilty verdict and you see it all the way through, you're going to get maximum earnings. But if you just need some money right now, 
You start acting a fool and take what little little pennies they give you. Floyd's family was smart because Floyd's family also had to go fund me money. Oh shit! Yeah, they did. They had that to chill back on until they got the settlement money. You know, it just worked out. You know that young lady who recorded it. Her last name was Frazier. They need to bless her. Because yeah, Floyd has been another dead nigga. Guaranteed. If there was no recording, because the state already put out their press release. They said he died of drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? If there That's wasn't no recording, said. that would have never happened. There would have never been no bag. They better make sure they take care of her. 